Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 121, released on January 28th, 2015. My name is Steve Eunice, and my good friend joining me is Scotty V. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. Welcome to 2015, our first podcast for this new year. Do they have... uh... 2015 in Australia? I wasn't sure. <laughs> yes, actually, we reached there first before you guys. Oh, man, you guys are first again. Didn't you get the movie first, too? <laughs> uh, no, I think that was our New York premiere where we were both attending. Oh. Remember? Well, I guess it hit oh, LA, really? but it hit other. I know it hit other places in Europe or something first, but I guess mm. not you. Uh, it might have been a couple, by a couple of hours or something like that, uh, depending on how the release times and things like that. We, we sometimes get things a little bit earlier just because of the fact if it's a release worldwide on a particular date we reach that date um, by the time zone uh, by a few hours before uh, say you might there in the US but um, what is 2015 holding for Scotty V and your family? So far uh, nothing special just uh, doing pretty well over here mm-hmm. um, you know Good nothing big happening right now we hope to uh, get off to Disney World uh, later in the year, very nice. late in the year. Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, we've got a lot of discussion topics to get into, so uh, let's jump straight into our movie news. And uh, as always, we have some tidbits about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And I guess this first rumor that we're about to discuss will be determined within a couple of days of this podcast being released, and that is that this uh, teaser trailer, which we had heard originally might be attached to the Hobbit uh, film that was released in December, never happened. We're now hearing may be attached to Warner Brothers' upcoming film called Jupiter Ascending, February 6th. Yeah, uh, hard to tell. I mean, it is very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that sometimes um, a year in advance, they'll give you a little little taste, a little tease. I wouldn't be surprised if they waited till May or, or, or summertime. But um, Jupiter Ascending seems to be a weird choice to me. I mean, maybe the movie is going to be gangbusters, but it's been moved several times. It was meant to come out this past summer. They uh, delayed it. And February in the United States and I guess elsewhere is not necessarily known for, nor is March 26th, by the way, known for releasing uh, big super movies that they expect to do really well. So if you're going to release a trailer for what you hope to be your next big blockbuster that's already being released on a date that people don't go to the movies on, you might want to do it with a movie that you would expect to do really well. And I'm not sure that they expect, I have no way of knowing, but the fact that they're releasing it in early February when it was supposed to be a summer blockbuster and it's already been moved doesn't bode well uh, generally. No, Jupiter Sending hasn't received a lot of promotion. And while it, uh, you know, is by uh, the Wachowskis, Wachowskis, whatever, how you pronounce the name, who did the Matrix films, obviously, um, it hasn't, it's got Channing Tatum in it. It hasn't really received a lot of promotion, and you don't know whether or not, just because it's a Warner Brothers film, whether they attach a tease for Batman v Superman. They might want to help the film by doing so. I don't know if a lot of people go to see movies now just for trailers because they get released online pretty soon after, if not the same day. So um, I guess, as you say, February 6th we will determine whether or not that particular rumour is true. There's also some talk about it being attached 
to uh, commercials in the Super Bowl, which is also uh, February. So um, wait and see. Now that, I think, would be a more likely place. Uh, I wanted to see a Man of Steel thing last, you know, uh, two years ago when uh, for Man of Steel was going to be out, and that didn't happen, and I was very disappointed. And um, there's usually two or three or maybe four big movies that are attached to the Super Bowl, and you get to see a, a decent trailer or an extended look or something like that. So I think that would be really cool if we if we saw something like that. Mm. Um I could imagine something like the rumored football sequence at the beginning, kind of uh, breaking away from the the game we're watching, but going right into that. So for a minute, you're not even sure you're not watching what you were already watching, and then <laughs> you find out that it's a, a trailer for a superhero movie. Cool. That would be kind of cool. Nice and uh, I think you would have millions and millions. Well, we know it's the most watched television event every year. So cool. you're going to have a lot more viewers, most likely, than you are with Jupiter Ascending. Okay, so like I said, we'll wait and see what uh, happens. We'll probably be talking about that in our next podcast. And it's weird, too. You mentioned you don't know how many people go to theaters anymore for trailers. It used to be one of the big mm. excitements for me to go into a movie. Nowadays, I'm like, I just want to get there when a movie starts. And I don't know if that's a matter of being <laughs> older or if it's just, like you said, it's so easy to watch them yeah. now. I used to love the big screen experience, even for movies, you know, big giant screen, big sound. And if you go to IMAX, you still kind of get that. Yeah. But uh, it really doesn't matter to me anymore where yeah. I watch a movie. Now, I will go to see big movies like Avengers or Batman v Superman on the big screen, but I'm not, you know, I don't really go to the movies all that much. And whereas years ago, I would have said, you know, I made a joke about it. Now I got to go see Jupiter Ascending, this crap fest, uh, <laughs> to see the uh, Batman v Superman uh, trailer. Uh, but I won't do that even if i find out that it is on it for sure yeah so uh i think a lot of people probably in the same boat there now the other big rumor and it was um really went wide across the internet and this was the idea that batman v superman was actually going to be split into two movies with the first one called the dark uh the the uh, enter the night k-n-i-g-h-t um being released in october of 2015 uh, with the Dawn of Justice still in its March 2016 uh, release schedule. But, um, you know, there was talk about, well, you know, we heard that they're filming something back-to-back. -back. You know, there was a lot of talk about Justice League being filmed back-to-back -back with Batman v Superman. That's why the production time was so long. That's why there was taking so long to release the film. You know, the, that's why the post-production phase was going to be taking so long. And so the, this kind of rumour grabbed a bit of... A um, bit of traction amongst the news outlets, amongst the fans. There was a screen grab that was a, potentially from the upcoming teaser trailer that had the, the dates and the titles of the films. But within a few days, Henry Cavill was questioned about that uh, at the BAFTA uh, tea party somewhere. And he debunked it and said, no, it's not true. And I guess we all pretty much believed it wasn't true, but just wanted to hear some confirmation. Yeah, I mean, I, from the beginning, thought this was a silly, uh, silly rumor. And, and obviously, you know, there are there are rumors that end up being true. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age of the Internet and Facebook and social media and everything else, it's it's uh, there are so many rumors that come out and most of them end up not being true. Yeah. And, 
in my opinion, and, and I think you and I disagree on this, Warner is unsure of this franchise, and that's why they've added Batman, and that's why they're doing what they're doing, and they're hoping that they might have some sort of a success with this. They feel let down by Man of Steel. People feel let down by Man of Steel. The fans didn't love Man of Steel. And uh, Warner Brothers ended up not getting the bang that they wanted out of the release. This is this is all, I mean, you know, you can look a lot of this stuff up, and there are, there are plenty of articles that, that tell you that it actually made a negative 1% on its returns, and I'm not really sure what that means or how that is they're figuring other movies into it and stuff so i'm not an expert on that so don't take what i'm saying and say well they said it on there so it must be true but my opinion is all these big major changes and all these departures from what was originally stated mean that they're still unsure they're still on tedious ground and they're still trying to catch up to marvel and they're trying to catch up in such a big way that they're rushing a lot of this team up stuff they're throwing a lot of villains a lot of good guys a lot of bad guys at the wall and they're hoping something will stick. And putting Batman in any movie generally means good things. And Batman and Superman together, along now with Wonder Woman and other heroes, could mean that they're going to get a lot of interest for it. But I don't think they would ever, you know, and we know now they're not. But my initial thinking was they wouldn't do that because it's too much of a risk when they're unsure that they're even going to have a success in the first place. Yeah, I mean, we do differ on opinions as far as that is concerned. I believe that I'm of the opinion that Man of Steel was a success for them, so they decided to build their franchise of the DC Universe of movies on Man of Steel. Um, maybe it didn't really, you know, it didn't do the billion mark like some people were speculating. I never thought that it would, but um, you know, it did very well. And you know, but there are film obviously people who disagree and think that the film didn't wasn't that great or they weren't happy with it they didn't like what happened in the movie we've discussed that over and over and over again and i guess you know there is real no way of knowing exactly how warner brothers sit with this film whether or not they you know i mean they out in public they'll be saying it was a success and then we're building you know batman v superman off of that and all our other movies will come off of that and obviously they're going to give it a positive spin uh, we don't know what the number crunches in the background really think or how the executives really feel about it, um, and I guess that'll be up to uh, individual opinions as to whether or not they feel that um, Man of Steel was a true success or not, and whether or not they're rushing, or whether or not this was a plan all along. And you know, we we now know that they've got a slate of films between now and 2020 that they're planning to do, and it's all coming off the back of what they're doing now. Um, but the the whole thing about splitting the movie into two, yeah, look, they they're not that ridiculous as far as you know, not promoting a film. Um, here we are in January and there's been you know, no talk about a Batman v Superman film in October. They would, all, they would be promoting it by now. Uh, they would be doing a lot of things by now if it was October. Um, as it is, we're expecting a trailer and teaser and stuff like that for a movie that's really coming out in March of the following year. So uh, to not have anything for a movie that would be out October of this year is obviously proves the rumour to be false. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, obviously they would probably have something, although it would be quite the coup if they had managed to somehow hide this from mm. us and they were going to spring it on us whenever they sprung the trailer on us. We know that that's not the case. We know that there are multiple reasons why the screen capture was silly. 
And we know now that Henry Cavill has said it's not happening, although uh, nobody at Warner Brothers has said anything and nobody anywhere else has said anything of any official capacity. So anything could be possible, but it's but it, but it would have been and it was very unlikely from the beginning. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, as I said, I, I thought it was a silly rumor, but there are all kinds of rumors going around. But to go back to something you said a moment ago that they wouldn't be that ridiculous or whatever, in my opinion – BVS is ridiculous just in premise, and the idea that they're not rushing uh, Batman v Superman it, it, it smacks of complete rush job and complete last minute idea and complete how can we save ourselves? What can we do to guarantee that we'll have box office numbers? Well, the very last possible thing, last resort thing, so we don't have to reboot yet again, is throw Batman in there and have these guys face off. Batman is not capable of facing off against the Kryptonian. He just isn't. Uh, they've done it in the comics, and comics are silly. But uh, the movie that we saw with Man of Steel, it just can't happen. They cannot face off. They cannot be equals. People keep throwing at me, kryptonite bullet, kryptonite suit, kryptonite this, kryptonite that. Well, there was a decree made when they made Man of Steel that there would be no kryptonite. Now there's going to be kryptonite. We don't know that. But again, to make it anywhere close, you'd need to have something like that. But even still, Kryptonite doesn't just suddenly make Batman equal with Superman. We know he has speed. We know he has great powers. We know he can attack from a distance. It's just a silly premise, but it's a money grab. It's a way to have an event. It's a way, just like they do in comics with Convergence or or, uh, Infinite Crisis or whatever they're going to do, to get people to buy. And this isn't a book, so it's to get people to the theaters. And that's smart. That's what you want to do with any business. But uh, that's certainly what it has seen like to me and I think to you at the beginning when we first were talking about this it was definitely a thing where they wanted to put their golden boy in with somebody who's kind of lost favor with the audience and that is Superman and that's unfortunate for both of us and for all the Superman fans but he has lost favor not only with the audience but also with Warner Brothers themselves and and so when I see BVS I say uh, absurd and hopefully it ends up being a good movie and they don't ruin everything that we know about Superman and that we saw in Man of Steel but that's 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 what I feel mm. when I when I see it yeah no fair enough I mean it is Batman vs Superman is a silly idea at the you know just looking at it two characters versing each other uh, but it will get people bums on seats, as they say. So uh, it's going to be a, a money spinner just for that, you know, pure, or we want to see, you know, it's like chocolate versus vanilla. It's like, you know, Mac versus PC. It's it's one of those questions that people have forever asked, and here we are getting a movie that will, you know, use that premise and bring people into the cinema to see, uh, into the theatre to see the film. So, um, you know, it is a money grabber, obviously. That's what they, they're in the business of making money. So uh, let's hope it's a good movie. Let's hope it's a good story. And let's hope it uh, does justice to both characters and uh, wait and see, exa- again, just how that all pans out. But uh, I'm, I'm optimistic, so we'll just uh, wait and see how that one, uh, you know, where that one stands. Uh, the other rumor that, or you know, speculation, if you like, is about Jesse Eisenberg, who, as we know, has been cast in the role of Lex Luthor for this film. And during production, we've seen him covering his head with a hat or with a towel or with a hood. And now we've got this photo that's come out in promotion of his new film. Um, uh, Oh, is it now you see, catch what is it can can you see me now you see me uh the the, the second yes, film now you see me yeah yeah now you see me too the second film of the uh the the magic movie that uh, he starred in originally uh which i enjoyed 
but in that movie, he had a full head of curly hair, and now this promotional shot for the sequel has him with a crew cut, a uh, very short haircut, uh, which has led to speculation about did he shave his head for the role of Lex Luthor. Now, now this you and I don't know. Sorry, you don't. You and I don't know when this photo was shot. We don't know if it was during production of Man of uh, Batman v Superman. We have no way of knowing the where this fits into the scheme of things as far as uh, time periods. No, uh, but I, this is one thing that that lightens my spirit in terms of the Batman v Superman movie. The fact that they did cast Alex Luthor who is primarily a Superman villain, but has certainly given the Justice League and Batman and Superman team-ups on occasion where they needed to come together to combat him. Because he's not generally known as a physical nemesis or something where Superman's going to throw down with him on Metropolis streets and it's going to be a one-and-done episode. He's more known for hiring those one-and-dones, creating those Mm one-and-dones, causing other problems, and being very secretive and it being unable to be proved that he's the one involved. So the fact that they brought Lex Luthor in I don't like Jesse Eisenberg casting, but that doesn't mean it can't be great. Um, and the fact that Batman and Superman have faced off against Lex Luthor in some of the in some of the bigger story arcs with Lex Luthor in them, President Luthor comes to mind. And uh, there's one going on in comics right now with the Amazo virus and the Forever Evil storyline. There are plenty where uh, multiple superheroes, not just Superman, have come against Lex Luthor. So he's really a DCU big baddie, mm. even though he's just a guy. And, you know, when I talk to people like my dad, they're like, Lex Luthor again? Really? It's the same thing that they talked about with Zod. But the thing is, Lex Luthor, in my mind, has never really been done the way Lex Luthor could be done. Smallville did a really great job with exploring his younger years and showing him kind of develop into a possible supervillain. Uh, but he's never really been done as the as the genius businessman who might have a flight suit, might have you know these other things that he can do, might have this great scientific division, might have robots, might have you know who knows what he could have mm. as time goes on in the movie universe. And if you're taking cues from Marvel, there's all kinds of flying things and shooting things and super powerful things. And there's a guy in a suit that flies around that has no powers, but he's one of their most favored superheroes. So you can certainly go a long way with Lex Luthor that they have not done before. Before. And the fact that they've got him in there makes me feel like it's a Superman movie again, even though it's Batman v Superman. And even though we have Alfred and we have Batman, the fact that the only villain we know about other than the Batman v Superman stuff is Lex Luthor. And that's really cool. And the picture does look like it's a fresh shot of him off of another project where he might have had to shave his head or he could have cut it for this movie. Maybe they want a different look for this film, but it it certainly looks like it's fresh buds growing on his scalp, which could indicate that he shaved his head for the role. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't make or break the role of Lex Luthor. Uh, yes, he's been, he's known to be bald. Um, you know, he wore wigs and things in all the other movies. Um, you know, he's uh, no, not always been... Pictured. Hated that, by the way, the wigs. <laughs> yes. Wow. I agree. Uh, it's, um, you know, it doesn't... Um, define him as a character but it's definitely a signature uh, look for Lex Luthor he's known to be the bald um, you know villain the, the genius so uh, it would be of in their best interest to have Lex Luthor bald because then it would be known to be Lex Luthor in Lois and Clark he wasn't bald in um, you know in the other films as I said he wore he wore uh, wigs um, Smallville did it uh, did it well and Rosenbaum looked great 
bold. I think my understanding, I think, I think I read that they did it with wigs because Gene Hackman refused to shave his head. Yeah, I mean, well, it was a big job just to get him to shave his moustache at the time. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there are reasons in Hollywood why things happen, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. I thought that I had heard that. Uh, But, yeah, and the thing is, in my time of reading comics, I know back in the day, you know, he blamed Superman for the loss of his hair, Superboy Mm. for the loss of his hair and all that, and it was a big deal. And I know he's been a weakling before. He's been portrayed as a nerd. He's been portrayed as a great scientist, as as a mad scientist type of thing. But in my time reading comics, and that is any modern years reading comics, he never cared that he was bald. He never was, oh, my God, I got to hide my head. Oh, I need a wig. Hmm. Uh, but they always kind of made him that way. in the con- Like it was so important in the movies that he had to have these wigs and he was embarrassed by being bald. And, and Lex Luthor is, has such an arrogance and such a confidence that he just doesn't care. Nah. You know that he would be bald. That would not be of any importance to him. Exactly. If so, it was, he has so much money and all these business divisions, he could create, a, you know, fake hair. He could, you know, not a wig. He could make hair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we wait and see for again until the movie comes out, until some photos come out, or some promotional something comes out to see whether or not Jesse Eisenberg has indeed shaved his head for the role of Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman. Now, another big rumour that did the rounds this past month, and it seems to have been a month for big rumours, was um, released by Movie Pilot, who supposedly was a friend of a friend, told someone who works at Warner Brothers that they've seen the script, and from that script there was a, a, a series of rumours that were posted um, about Brainiac, about uh, clones like uh, Superboy and Bizarro, and a lot of them involved Lex Luthor as far as his experimentation with Kryptonian technology and, uh, you know, his use of the Genesis pods uh, from uh, one of the, the spaceships and the creation, therefore, of Superboy and Bizarro. There's some rumor about Jenna Malone, you know, as we've heard about she'll probably play a female Robin, but there's talk that she'll play Barbara Gordon. There's all these lots of different rumors. They're very interesting, but, again, we can't really state one way or another if any of them are true but they sound interesting nonetheless yeah i mean um i would love uh, to see a clone thing you know because then you can have bizarro and you can have superboy i would love to see uh, that kind of thing happening and i would love it to be connected to lex luthor it would be a great way to introduce him as this guy who has a great science division and money where he can uh, research and develop things and he's also super intelligent himself and he is able to figure out a lot of these things on his own i think that would be a great story point and it's possible i mean unless it's been debunked already uh something like that could be true i don't understand and i said this about uh, the fibonacci sequence or whatever his name is on that other website uh, i don't understand why all these people have access to the script or have read the script this guy writes an article every day about how he read this script and how he thinks that uh, doomsday could be in it and and he read doomsday and there's a big battle and i don't know how they're going to fit it all and I don't understand how in a secret project where no one knows anything, where we're not allowed to know the plot, where we haven't seen a trailer, where we don't know what Lex Luthor is doing, where we don't know what Batman v Superman even means, other than we expect there's going to be some kind of altercation, and Zack said that there would be some physicality. I don't understand how all these people have access to the script. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah, well, I mean, there are hundreds of people who work on a movie in various departments, from art departments, from, you know, uh 
post-production, pre-production, special effects, um, even down to catering and things like that. All these people work on the film. Obviously, certain amounts of people will only have access to the script. Um, so you would imagine that that would be a very minute amount of people in the grand scheme of things. Yes, people who work on a particular scene, who are maybe extras, who are maybe um, cameramen, whatever, will get an insight into what that particular scene they're filming is. But again, they'd be having to sign non-disclosure agreements. They'd be signing all these contracts and things. And so, yes, you get friend of a friend of a friend, here's something, and passes it along, and that way they kind of keep themselves anonymous. And that's happened before, but I have my doubts that um, this amount of information would be able to be released in that amount of detail uh, to, to fan sites. Well, as you said, I mean, anybody could break their agreement, I guess, and and exactly. just say, well, I'm I'm going to tell everybody about uh, what what I've seen and what I've read, even though I'm not supposed to, and even though I signed an agreement, they're not going to know it's me. So, even though I could be sued by the agreement that I signed, I would be sued, but no one's going to know that I told them. So, I'm just going to leak this stuff out. So, yes, it could happen from someone who worked on it, but generally. The people who I think would have access to that and would be involved with that, as you say, editing and effects and, and, and all that stuff, are people that have these jobs for years and years and want to go on to the next Zack Snyder movie and want to go on to the next Warner Brothers movie. Uh, and then when they come out and say, well, he was this person was an extra who worked on the movie, I've been an extra, and extras don't know crap you know i almost said a different word but extras don't know anything you know i i we 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 film the scene that we film and i hear that dialogue so yeah i could come out and say well you know he says hi to batman and then he leaves that i would know or could know but uh extras don't know enough to leak this kind of information but the guy on badass digest has said himself the script's scripts with an S that he has had access to reading that they are filming from when he writes these articles. So that I don't get, and I don't even, I don't know if I'm crossing a line or stepping on somebody here that I shouldn't be, or maybe he has some sort of authority that I don't know about, but who is this guy and how does he have, he's a blogger as far as I can tell, and he has some sort of access or claims to have some sort of access. And that's where a lot of these rumors and ideas come from as far as I can tell. Yeah, I mean, there are you know certain people out there who have you know credibility, I guess, within the fan, um, within fandom, who get scoops or who have a track record um, and make a name for themselves as you know scoop getters. But uh, it's hard to say, you know, whether or not you know it's true. It's not. I don't know. Um, again, time will tell if this person is full of it or if they've actually received some valid information or they're just trying to cl get clickbait to people to access their website. Um, and this, of course, is the other one, not not, <clears throat> not Fenacci. Or, no. This is the one we were talking about before with uh, Kryptonian cloning and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did that person have a name or, or that was just released on, on a website? Uh, that was, uh, I think it was a total, did I say total film? No, it wasn't Total Film. Um, the technology, uh, let's have a look. Let me just do a quick. Um, it was on moviepilot.com. Um, it didn't have a name that I can see. It might have had a name. I'm just looking at the link that we've got on our website. Um, so I don't know if they've got a track record for being you know, on top of things or not. We just have to take them at their word and, and wait and see. 
So. Well, I mean, it sounds exciting. I just I wish I knew how all these people have access to scripts that are locked, you know, locked in vaults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't know. Um, even the actors have to go into locked rooms and read them in private. They don't actually get their own, um, you know, their own copy of it to read. They have to, uh, you know. Right. So. And it's not, you know, it's not Empire Strikes Back by any means, but, I mean, those guys didn't even know uh, uh, things that were going to happen in a scene they were shooting that day. Yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we just take these things with a grain of salt and wait and see if they prove to be true or not. Now, the thing with uh, we do know, some information we do have, is Henry Cavill was interviewed for a number of, uh, by a number of media outlets at the BAFTA LAT party uh, this past month, where he spoke briefly about his excitement for Batman v Superman. He discussed that he'd like to play the role of Superman for many years to come. He said that uh, this movie is going to be a visual spectacle. It's cinematic history, seeing Batman and Superman on the same on this big screen at the same time. So uh, he sounds very excited for the film, which you expect him to be. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, this just in, uh, we know everything about every movie.com uh, has copies of the script, and uh, Batman actually beats uh, Superman to death in this, and he will never be uh, in any uh, DC movie ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's great to hear that he's excited. It's, you know, it's, uh, I'm happy to hear that he wants to do the, play the role for, uh, you know, quite a number of movies, you know, moving forward. So um, it's it's just great to hear some actual words from Henry Cavill about this film. You know, we've heard of from Amy Adams recently. Um, so I guess again, uh, it's you know, with not having much information, not actually getting much detail except for rumor and speculation, it's nice to hear from someone who's actually involved in the film. Well, you know, this is one of the first times, and I'm sure people will point out to me how wrong I am, as they so often do, um, that well, I have heard. An actor talk about uh, being happy to be playing somebody like uh, a Superman, yeah. a legendary character, and who want to keep playing. You know, I hear these Tobies and these other people saying, "I don't want to do this for much longer. I'm going to hold out for lots of money, and if they don't give it to me, then I just won't do it." And who wants to be known? You know, uh, we have a uh, you put a story up yesterday or something about Jude Law talking about yeah. how he didn't want to be that guy who played Superman. I would. Die to be that guy who played Superman. Now I know I can't play Superman. I'm too old. I'm too whatever I am. But uh, <laughs> people will tell me what I am too. By the way, um, and I uh, I get that I can't I can't be cast. But if you're an actor, and in my opinion, I've said this before about Tobey Maguire and, and other actors who feel this way. If I I believe you're be giving you're being given a privilege, and you're being paid very very well to play a legendary character. If I could play that character and only that character on ongoing stories for my whole life, I would be pleased. I would be well-paid. I would not have to work any other jobs, and I would be thrilled to be playing that character. So, yes, it's very – and, you know, some people will be, you know, uh, insulting about it or whatever, and they'll say, well, it's a good thing because he's never going to be cast as anything else. You know, I could hear my brother or somebody saying that kind of thing, nice to say when he's a nobody and all he's got is Superman – well, yeah, maybe, but uh, I think it's great, and I love that attitude, and I think he's a great Superman, and I want to see more from him. So I'm very happy that he feels that way. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, great indeed. Now, I just mentioned uh, Amy Adams. She has been a part of a number of interviews of late 
promoting her new film. I think it's called Big Eyes. And Big Eyes. She's spoken about having only one scene with Batman, with Ben Affleck as Batman, as Lois Lane. She's happy yeah, about it. the re- scene where Lois Lane falls in love with Batman <laughs> and leaves Superman forever in the dust. Um, that it, in from... We know everything about the Superman movie that stars Batman.com. <laughs> uh, she says she's happy to return to the role of Lois Lane. Uh, it's the first time she's actually got to uh, play a character twice uh, in a franchise. Um, so it's uh, I don't, we don't know what how big a role Lois Lane will play in this film. It seems to be a, you know a bit more than just a cameo. It's a bit more of a substantial role. She said in past interviews that you know she's out there getting the information, piecing it together, and uh, you know, she seems to have uh, a fair bit of a role, but as far as uh, I think she's got one scene with Batman, maybe one scene with Wonder Woman. Uh, so the rest of it uh, is with Superman, Clark, whatever, Perry. Uh, but it's great to see that she's still excited about her role as Lois Lane. Yeah, I mean, this is another one, and, and she's not a nobody. She's not a person who no, hasn't exactly. been in anything aside from, from Man of Steel. She's won awards. She's been nominated for other awards that she hasn't won. Academy Award-winning productions. She's 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 involved in a lot of stuff, and she's in lots of movies every year, and uh, and and almost every one she's in, she's nominated or the movie is nominated. Mm. So she's definitely got a lot going on. She's not somebody who needs to rely on one possible role, but to hear her kind of a big name, kind of a popular actress right now, saying uh, she loved playing Lois Lane. It was a lot of fun. She loves the cast. She loves the crew. She loves everybody that she's working with, and she thinks it's great. It's an opportunity that she's never had before and she loves uh, going back to it is another great thing to hear. It's similar to the Henry Cavill remarks. And uh, I, I think that they handled Lois Lane really well in the film, aside from what some people might think about her personality or that, you know, again, I mentioned my brother thought it was corny that she said the measuring dicks thing and all that and that it didn't fit her personality. I think it fit her perfectly and I was cool with it. But I also thought she was like our eyes into the story. Mm. And they never did that with Lois before. And and Lois is a reporter, and she she does investigate things, and she does travel the world. And they never really used her that way, you know. She was a she was a love interest. She fell out of helicopters. Uh, she she wrote some stories about her night with Superman, but it wasn't like she went and found it, or she investigated stuff, or she was really involved. And I almost felt like she was the narrator without being like, hi, I'm Lois Lane, and this is the day I met Superman. It was more very organic, and it really felt like she had a purpose and an importance, and then there was the connection, and there was the characterization, and the fact that she felt uh, that she was emotionally connected to this guy who had all these issues and who had all this stuff going on. I just thought it was handled really well, so I could certainly see them continuing that line and her being uh, the eyes of the people in this situation that's developing whatever it is in this film. Yeah, so it's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I really uh, agree with you there. It's, uh, it was a great way they handled Lois really well. Amy did a great job. You know, there's still a lot of speculation, talk about her hair colour and everything like that. Um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's she played the role really well, and I'm great. I'm glad to see her returning to the role of Lois Lane, and to hear that she's excited about it, and you know, and has a passion for it. So um, great to hear from Amy Adams. Now, somebody else. We I loved her since she ate a deer on the side of the road <laughs> in Smallville. <laughs> yes, a lot of people don't know that she was actually in uh, an episode of Smallville as a, what was it, a fu- fat sucking. Um, 
Yes, and of course that was caused by the meteor rocks, which is what they called kryptonite in Smallville. Uh, She needed to keep consuming in order to, I don't know, stay alive, I guess. Mm. Uh, Mm. And that was one of her first uh, real roles, other than being a background or something like that. And and it went from there, and here she is still involved uh, 12 years later or something, uh, 13, 14 years later, still playing uh, characters in the DC universe. So a horrible turn in that one. Uh, (laughs) Not her fault. Uh, but, uh, yeah, neat to know. Yeah. So, uh, the other, uh, cast member who made a bit of, uh, headlines this past month was this, uh, Scoot McNary. He, uh, as we know, had those, um, knee high green screen socks during production of He's the Flash. He's the Flash, I tell you. Yes. A lot of people speculating, was he the Flash? Was he Metallo? Did he have no legs? Did he have robotic legs? Was he an amputee? What was the story there? What was his character? Well, he was interviewed by USA Today in a um, January 21st uh, issue where he says he'd love to spend hours talking about it, but obviously he can't. He says that... um, what did he say? He says, it's definitely a 100% a character I've never played and can't speak too freely on it. But yeah, getting into that thing was definitely something I had to wrap my head around emotionally in order to play that character, whoever this character might be. But with that being said, I had a lot of fun doing it when I was in the process of shooting on it. My head was in a different place, but I'm really excited to see how it turns out and what they do with it and see the film. What's he talking about when he says, I had to wrap my head around... I had to uh, wrap my head around emotion in order to play that character. He says, um, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, what he said about getting into, uh, something about getting into it. Getting into what? Just getting into uh, the character? I guess the motion capture, maybe. Okay. That's what, when you were reading it, that's what I was. Getting into that thing. Thinking yeah. you were talking about. The suit, the, 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 the outfit he had to wear. It's almost like a Superman type of tight, tight, you know, tights costume. Uh, getting into it, and then and then whatever he had to do, I guess, to be mm. motion captured, or, getting or the maybe he's talking about of having green getting, screen legs or no legs. Getting into the character itself, whatever yeah. the character mm. is, getting into it. Interesting. Getting into that, but don't worry, Scoot. Uh, whatever you won't tell us now, we're gonna find out from thousands of other sources that no one's ever heard of. You know, because they've all read the script and they know exactly what's gonna happen. So you don't need to tell us because we're gonna like tomorrow. We're gonna know. Uh, more stuff. So I'm sure they'll get around to um, your situation. Don't worry. You don't need to tell us. Yeah, no. From a friend of a friend from a friend will hear, will know exactly what it was. Your brothers, sisters, uncles, cousins, former roommate. That's right. Yep. So that was Scoop McNary. We don't know what it is, but uh, interesting to hear him talking about the role again. He's excited to see how it pans out, how it turns out, and what it looks like in the film. Uh, we still don't know what he is, as we were just saying, but we'll find out. Um, so that's everything with Batman v Superman. Uh, a lot going on as far as rumor and speculation this past month. Um, you know, who thought January would end up being so exciting? It's usually kind of, you know, slowly getting into the year, but nope, not with Batman v Superman. They just jump right in and throw these things headlong at us and. Uh, it's up to us to duck and weave and catch what we can and, and, and figure out what's what. But um, Would it hurt anybody's feelings if we went right to March 26th of uh, 2016 right now? Well, I mean, you mean not have a podcast between now and then or just, just use our DeLorean and jump forward? Well, I mean, whatever. Our, our Legion time ring from Smallville, whatever <laughs> you want to do. I mean, uh, I don't care. Spin I just around like the world. 
you know, uh, if we could all go and be the same age we are and just be there, yeah, uh, you know, Why not? it'd be like today it's today and tomorrow it's March 26, 2016. Mm-hmm. We don't age. We don't miss our kids growing up or whatever because they're here. Yeah. And we just go. You know, whoever wants to go can just hop on in, you know, and, and we'll all go and, and, you know, and we don't even need to come back because a year in you advance. Know, you, you know what? Know. You'd actually have missed it because it's actually March 25th, not March 26th. Oh, man. Well, it's out still. <laughs> still. A day yeah. later. True. I mean, true. even if it fails miserably, it's still it'll be out, be out at least a day. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. So it'll be fine. I thought it was the 26th. I said the 26th earlier. You didn't correct me then. Ah, we'll go back in time. We'll fix, we'll fix that. You time. won't hear any of this on the podcast. This is all going to be edited out. Don't we'll worry. fix it in editing. That's right. Okay. Uh, the other film that's uh, coming out uh, as you're listening to this, uh, June, J- June. Now you got me <laughs> skipping forward. January, <laughs> January 27th, the release of Justice League Throne of Atlantis. Uh, it had its world premiere. Uh, Rennie Cowan attended that event in L.A. for us. She uh, did some great uh, red carpet interviews and also gave us a review of that animated film. It is more more of an Aquaman origin story than anything else. Uh, Cyborg also gets you know a bit in it. I have seen the animated film. It is good. It's better than Justice League War as far as being a character film, but it is an Aquaman, Aquaman story. It, you know, Superman has his moments in it, uh, him and Wonder Woman, uh, even Lois gets a, a, a role in the film, but it is definitely an Aquaman film. Uh, sadly, the New York premiere had to be cancelled due to blizzard conditions uh, in uh, New York, uh, but uh, they were still going ahead with the live Q&A stream thing that they were doing. I believe that was pre-recorded, but they still went ahead with that as planned. Um, but... Uh, is this a film that's on your radar? Are you just going to wait for it to, to air on TV or Netflix or one of those well, things or what? You wouldn't uh, you wouldn't know from snow in your neck of the woods, would you? It uh, wouldn't. Doesn't Steve? it doesn't snow where I live? No, but I've obviously visited the snow and been to the snow. Nice, nice. Well, uh, uh, we're in snow now where I live, and I'm right. tired of it. So. Uh, <laughs> You know what? Forget scratch that March 26 thing because there could still be snow then. Right. And, and let's make it June. Of this year, okay, and then I'll just wait the six months. Right? No, no, no. You know what we'll do in 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 uh, November after Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll, then we'll then we'll go to March twenty fifth, as you say, if it's so important to yeah. you that we get okay. the date right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I uh, I love. Here's the thing. I love superheroes, and I want to see all these movies. But I haven't seen any of the new 52 movies yet. I haven't seen Flashpoint, Paradox. I haven't seen War, and I haven't seen this. And I want to, um, but uh, I don't really have a budget anymore for just buying all these movies willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been waiting for them, and they don't. They don't. There have been some in the past on Netflix, but I haven't seen um, any of these. Uh, new 52 ones on netflix yet so what happens is they have contracts and they either renew them or they don't and they may not be able to get these or they may not get them till later or they may have to renegotiate or something but i do want to see this and i do love the idea of i'm tired of even though i'm not you know aquaman's not my number one guy i'm tired of hearing all these jokes about aquaman i'm tired of people i really am Hearing someone go, oh, God, Aquaman. You know, there was this Facebook thing going around where, which hero are you? And I had a couple of friends who got Aquaman. And they were like, oh, my God, Aquaman. And it's like, you don't know who, you don't, 
you know, Aquaman has great powers. They made a joke of him on Super Friends, but Super Friends was kind of a joke in and of itself. I know people grew up with it and all that, but it's not the serious take on superheroes. It's, you know, it's a little goofy, a little campy, a little, you know, it's very kiddy. And yeah, in that version, in most cases, Aquaman would be pretty useless, but he's got super strength. He's he's uh, mostly invulnerable. He, he, he controls 80% of the world. He's got armies and legions at his beck and call he's a king he he has he can control animals and sea life he can make giant squids that none of us have ever seen come up out of the water and attack spaceships so uh, you know i like seeing a character like this being told you know telling the world listen aquaman's not a joke yes. so yeah i'm excited Yes, great, excellent. No, it's a good film, and I enjoyed it. And uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the bonus material on the Blu-ray is excellent. Uh, you know, not just the profiles on uh, the villains in Orm and um, uh, Black Manta, but also, but especially the uh, the scoring of the film, the behind-the-scenes interviews on 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 that whole process with the orchestras and. What you know, what a um, conductor does, and all that kind of stuff. It's and how the the relationships between the different people works is really interesting, and um, I um, was grateful to be able to to watch that. So, uh, Justice League: Throne of Atlantis, um, as you're listening to this, is available now on Blu-ray and DVD. So uh, be sure to order it from the Superman homepage online store if you can, because it's uh, definitely worth a watch. And uh, we know now that the next animated film. Uh, beyond that is uh, another Batman versus film. It's Batman versus Robin, uh, so uh, it won't be on our Great. radar. And listen, DC people, I know it's a little late now for Flashpoint Paradox, but uh, you know I'm out here, and I know I don't uh, have any fans, but uh, I'd be glad to view these movies uh, in advance if possible, and I'll talk about them on Great Scott. I'll talk about them on here. We'll have a we'll have a grand old time <laughs> uh, if you can get me some kind of digital uh, code or something like that, and uh, we'll check them out. You know, so uh, don't hesitate. It's not going to put me out at all. If I got to open an email with a code in it, I'll be all right. Fair enough. And now, we got DC Comics Lego Superheroes Justice League versus Bizarro League, uh, which just had its world premiere, I guess. So you could go ahead and send me a digital copy of that right now if you want, and I'll talk about it right away. There you go. Yeah, as you say, uh, the world premiere of the uh, Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League versus Bizarro League animated uh, film. Uh, which uh, was on January 24th. Again, uh, we had T.A. Hewitt, uh, one of our reporters, attend that event for us. Uh, he took his son along, uh, who he says enjoyed the film. He'll be doing a review of the film for us uh, from that uh, premiere. He also conducted some red carpet interviews with uh, some of the voice actors, the James Arnold Taylor, who voiced The Flash, Troy Baker, who voiced Batman, and Brendan Vietti, who uh, was one of the filmmakers as part of the film, we're all interviewed for the Superman homepage, so you can check those out dated January 25th on the Superman homepage website. Uh, I haven't seen this one yet. Um, I love the whole concept of the Lego animated uh, movies for DC superheroes. I think it's a great way, a great avenue for kids to be uh, interest, get interested in these characters. Uh, it's you know a, a great fun way, a family fun way of, of introducing kids to the Justice League uh, members. I agree with you. I think uh, for kids, uh, I think it's a it's a fantastic uh, 
avenue, and I, I hope that they branch out beyond Batman, and I guess this is their first foray into doing one that's not solely Batman related, and Batman's there, but so are the others, but it's not like it's not like the last one, which was a Batman movie, but it had other heroes in it. This, yeah. is, uh, this is not called Batman Superheroes Bizarro League, it's uh, and Bizarro is a Superman thing. Yes. Uh, so it started with Superman, and you know, I don't think this is a Superman movie, but he's there too, and all the heroes are there. So hopefully, you know, we can get a Lego Wonder Woman, a Lego Superman, you know. And I think, you know, I did watch some of the um, Batman with, that had Superman in it. I never finished it uh, because it's not really geared toward me. No, um, okay. It's not serious. It's not, you know, no, it's no, goofy. No. It's kind of silly, and they kind of make fun of everybody. Uh, but Superman was very funny in it and very capable. Yes. And it was clear in general that he was the big guy. Now, then it came down to Batman did have to save him a couple of times where it didn't make a lot of sense, and it bothered me. And, of course, it was a Batman movie, and I never finished it. But uh, I, these movies don't do anything for me personally, but I do love the idea that, that kids can get into it because uh, Marvel's, again, it's another – area where marvel's really ahead they've had a lot of cartoons all the toys are geared toward kids kids can go to avengers you know i still say man of steel is not really a film for kids so there's really no avenue and they they did have that dc nation block for a while but who knows where that is or when it's on or what's going on so there's not a lot for kids so uh, with dc so it's good to have these as long as somebody buys it for them because you can't access it unless you buy the actual DVD. That's right. The uh, DVD is out, I think it's February 6th. It will get shown on Cartoon Network. I know the other ones have been shown on Cartoon Network, all the other Lego Batman films and the um, the ones that have been done uh, for the Batman Beleaguered uh, was shown on Cartoon Network and is still repeated there quite regularly. So definitely Cartoon Network is the way to go if uh, you want to put your kids in front of the TV to watch some DC animated action. Um, but, uh, you know, this one is out firstly uh, in, on February 6th for uh, this latest Lego DC Universe superhero action uh, animated film. Doesn't go for very long, so it's uh, definitely one for the kids. Very good. Awesome. Let's move into some TV talk. We have some big news, a big announcement this month uh, was casting announcements for the upcoming Supergirl TV series. We uh, had some videos that were posted online that were then summarily uh, removed for copyright reasons of different actors uh, submitting their videos of their uh, auditions for particular roles in this upcoming CBS Supergirl TV series. But a couple of days later, we had the official announcement that Melissa Benoist has officially been cast as Kara Zorel, a.k.a. Supergirl, uh, for the superhero series of the same name. It will be on uh, this fall on CBS. I don't know. Did they have they announced that it's going to be called Supergirl now? Do we know that? Is that or or not? Well, we haven't officially heard. Um, I believe uh, some most of the uh, information, most of the, the news reports about her casting, has just called the TV series Supergirl. Uh, but no, we haven't heard in any f official capacity that it's definitely titled Supergirl. I think it's cool that uh, it's been cast. I love that it's going forward. I mean, I still have my doubts as to 
how successful it's going to be on the network that it's yeah. on and, and if it's going to be able to last. Uh, but I was shocked to see that uh, Gotham's paltry 4 million viewers was considered a hit and that it's been renewed. And Arrow gets barely 3 million and Flash is getting 5 and and uh, they're all going strong and getting renewed for other seasons. So I think we're in a new era of television now, you know, where not too long ago, 8 million viewers would, would have you on the bubble and almost certainly getting canceled. Now they know that with DVRs and with, and with digital options and with uh, the way people just watch TV when they want to, uh, they've actually start finally, they've started to come around and, and started to realize that their old way of doing business isn't going to work anymore and that they're going to have to cut costs and uh, somehow be happier with less ratings. So we may have a shot at both these Superman series, uh, Superman-related series, Supergirl and Krypton, uh, even on strange networks, uh, uh, possibly doing well. So, I mean, I'm definitely excited. And I remember month after month of us coming to this spot and going, well, we don't have any TV news. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, we don't have a lot now, but uh, we have this and it's we're going to have Krypton soon. And, and once they're on, we're going to have more and there's going to be more casting as they come, you know, as it goes on. So uh, we're finally going to have some TV stuff to talk about, and that's exciting. Yeah, and I guess, you know, the measuring of success by ratings is not necessarily really that uh, relevant anymore because, as you say, with DVRs and people, you know, recording shows to watch them later on, I guess you now probably measure things by online hype or online interaction. Um, you know, The Flash has been phenomenally well-received online and, the Which actors, is strange to me. Yeah, well, the actors are, are very involved on Twitter and Facebook and, uh, you know, really interacting with their fans that way. And so I guess the measure of success is no longer just by how many people are watching it when it's airing because a lot of people record them or watch them later on or, you know, download them or, or whatever the case might be. Uh, it's not necessarily done just by ratings anymore. No, no, and that's what I was saying before. But it's weird, though, right? I mean, are you watching the Flash? Uh, yes. Current? Are you currently on the Flash? See, the thing about the Flash is, and you know, I was excited about it, and I love the Flash, and I love the '90s series, the Flash, and you know, you go back and watch it now, and I see it's a bit cheesy, and mm, you dated. know, the effects aren't great, and you know, it's dated. And, but uh, I like the more seriousness, the more the older type characters. And when they were showing me the cast of the Flash, I said, "Well, why do they all got to be nine years old when they're all?" <laughs> They're supposed to be scientists at the top of their field, and, and, and you know how do they get to the top of their field when they're barely out of high school? It just doesn't make a lot of sense, and I know that that's their demographic, younger, but it, but the storyline, the plot doesn't make sense when everybody's super young, and Barry Allen's this forensic you know, detective. He's not a detective, but he's a forensic you know, guy on the police. I just don't think he's old enough or looks old enough to have that job. He's the main guy. They all go to him at every crime scene. He's the guy. And that's a great job if you're the Flash. But it, it, I don't buy it, uh, this character, this age, doing it. And and the show is, I'm watching it. I like the Flash. I like a lot about it. But it's very cheesy. It's very kind of goofy. It's very Lois and Clarky, which is, I loved it at the time. And I love the characters on the show. But the plots were not good. The villains were not good, and and it was just goofy. And and this is what and it's weird because it's the same people with Arrow, and then they tried to do a crossover, and that didn't even work for me because Arrow is so dark and so serious and so different. And then when they tried to bring the two worlds together, it was like, and I know this is a Superman podcast, but um, 
you know, I wanted to love it a lot more than I do, and I'm looking forward to it as it goes on. But it's a lot cheesier than I would have thought, and it's doing so much better than Arrow in the ratings. And Arrow, I think, has a great cast and a great thing going on for over over uh, two years now. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand it's a lot more lighthearted, The Flash, and I think that's what a lot of people like about it. We've got enough of the gritty, dark heroes and... You know, Arrow started off, and you complained about the fact that he was a killer, and you know, I did. I didn't even watch it because yeah. of that. Uh, the first episode, so I think uh, got a, me. I think a lot of people like the fact that the Flash is a bit more goofy and a bit more fun and a bit more lighthearted. And you know, it, there are some cheesy moments in it, but I think that's what a lot of people like about it. What's endearing about it is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know? I think it can be light, and I think it can be happy, and I think it can be bright and optimistic without necessarily. Uh, going into cheese. Yeah, no, I like and I think that they're having. I, I feel like they're having trouble, in my opinion, and Gotham does it sometimes too, uh, straddling that line. Yeah. You know, villains don't have to be overacted, hammy, over the top. One of the most recent episodes had uh, Captain Cold, one of the most famous Flash villains, and Heatwave, one of the rogues, uh, come together, and they were both overacting so much. And over emoting and, and and everything else, you know, people accuse me of being Kirk on these some of these things, uh, Captain Kirk, because William Shatner does this thing where he over enunciates and overacts and pauses, and that's kind of what they were doing, and that's very over the top stuff, and 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 that I think is too much. But again, uh, if people like it, they like it. Yeah, and I will. It's. I like it. I mean, I like it because of what it is, and I'm going to watch it. Yeah, and Uh, hopefully the Supergirl series can uh, work out its line of, you know, straddling, as you say, the cheesiness and the being goofy and being young. No (laughs) cheesiness. I don't mind jokes. No. Comedy, lightheartedness is fine. You don't have to... You don't have to be goofy. None. None. No No goofiness. Okay. I don't find... There's no goofiness in Arrow. You know, there are plot questions and, you know, the superhero shows you you delve into what's believable or not all the time. But that's not what I mean by cheese. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. So uh, as far as Melissa Benoist is concerned, she's best known for her work on Glee. She's a brunette, but I believe there have been photos of her having dyed her hair blonde or they're, they're playing with the, the hair color so that she will be a blonde supergirl, which is what people expect. Um, there are other casting announcements forthcoming, I believe. As I said, we saw... These uh, video uh, posts online of actors uh, reading from what we assume would be parts of the script for the pilot for the other roles. Uh, there's Kara's um, uh, uh, foster sister, Alex Stanvers. There's uh, the role of uh, Win Shot, who obviously we know will be the toy man at one stage in his career. There's James Olsen or Jimmy Olsen. Uh, so we have these other actors who have, you know, put up their videos, or the videos have leaked online somehow, have now since been removed. But they gave us an insight into what might be part of the pilot. Uh, the name Superman was mentioned, Superman's around, people know of Superman. Whether or not that's just for that casting audition, as a script just for the auditioning, we don't know uh, if it's going to be in the pilot or not, whether Superman will be referenced. It is very interesting to get that kind of an insight. Sadly, as we say, they were removed from being online because of copyright reasons, and those auditions belong to Warner Brothers and shouldn't have been posted in the first place. Yeah, if you're an actor and uh, you're posting an audition to someone, first of all, I love that we're in an age where you can digitally audition and that it's cool. Mm. And by the way, I haven't gotten any... uh, uh, bites on my uh, on my asking them to allow me to audition for something. I don't know if they're telling me something or not, but uh, I like that 
you can audition from anywhere. You don't have to be in Hollywood or or in Vancouver or in New York or wherever it is that it's actually going on, uh, and then that these people are submitting videos. But if you're an actor, do not do not post your videos from your class, your your class where you met with a casting director or where you used a script from a real show or where you don't post these audition videos. It's gonna get taken down. Uh, you could face legal action and. You're not going to get called for the role because you're not supposed to do that. So, mm. don't. <laughs> I don't know if they did it, but don't do it. Whoever, don't do you know, it. whoever posted these. And I hear, you know, the thing with the hair. I did see those pictures where uh, she had dyed her hair. You know, there were points in Supergirl's career where she had dark hair as her uh, counter. Yeah, her alter ego, and then when she became Supergirl, she was blonde, uh, and they do that that kind of thing on Arrow too, where uh, Canary had blonde hair, but it was shorter and different, and then she had this really white whitish blonde hair when she was Canary. So uh, that would be an interesting plot point to me, and and would kind of get people off that whole thing. How can somebody put on a pair of glasses and no one knows who they are? Type mm. of thing, mm. um, which would be neat. I don't know that they're doing that, but uh, it's interesting how. Uh, it seems like for this one, they are going to dye her hair. But when it came to Amy Adams and Lois, that just wasn't even on the tape. Nobody even asked. It didn't even come up. Mm. We don't know if it was a discussion point or not, but uh, it was decided to stay with uh, the hair the way it was. Now, the CBS uh, chairman, uh, entertainment chairman, Nina Tassler, uh, was interviewed uh, in at the uh, Television Critics Association semi-annual press tour in Pasadena this past month, and she gloated and boasted about uh, the Supergirl TV series. Uh, she was saying that uh, uh, it's, Cara will be a very strong, independent young woman. She's coming to her own. She's dealing with family issues. She's dealing with work issues. It's a female empowerment story. If you look at the strong female characters we have on the air, she's talking about CBS, it really is, uh, it really is resonant of that. We're big feminists. It's her intellect. It's her skill. It's her smarts. It's all those elements. It's just not her strength, which she does have. Yeah, I mean, that's great to hear. I, yeah. I, I'm glad that they're happy about it, and, and I'm, I'm glad they're going ahead with it, and we'll see how far it gets. Yeah, exactly. So that's the, the Supergirl TV series. We're uh, keen to, to find out more of the, the casting decisions and we will uh, post those announcements on our website when they are released. All right, well, let's move into some comic book chats, uh, some more revelations about this big convergence two-month event, March and April of this year. We'll see DC Comics put their regular titles on hiatus. Uh, it is planned for them to move from New York to, to, to L.A. during this period, so it's kind of like they've got this stuff in the pipeline to allow them that that buffer zone to, to be able to make the move. Uh, but Convergence seems like a pretty big deal. It's bringing back some of the uh, pre-Flashpoint uh, um, stuff, the stuff that happened before the Flashpoint uh, era, uh, tying up some of those loose ends, seeing what was happening with those characters who really never got a kind of a farewell. It was kind of like it was ditched and the New 52 started. Uh, where, you know, with pre-crisis stuff, we got to see them do some, you know, tying up some of those loose ends. We didn't get that with the post-crisis um, world. So here we'll get to see things like what's happening with Superman and Lois. She'll be pregnant. Uh, he'll, you know, there'll be the Supergirl. There'll be, you know, from the from the era when she was the clone uh, or the 
Matrix version of Supergirl, sorry. So there's a lot of stuff there within Convergence. Sounds, sounds very exciting and hopefully will allow people to uh, either jump back on board or come back to comic books to check out some of those things that are happening with uh, the Convergence uh, saga. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It'll be interesting to see how long they last, these these stories. And, and a lot of people are speculating, oh, this is their way of getting out of the New 52. This is their way of correcting what they've done wrong. And uh, it's possible there could be some sort of convergence where they take things that they like from what they've done recently and things that that everyone loved from what they did before and they kind of come together and maybe come up with a combined version mm. of both worlds or something along those lines. Who knows what they're going to do? Um, it seems unlikely that they would just have this convergence event for two months or a month and a half and then never be heard from again. So uh, I'm excited to see what sticks and what doesn't or where they go with it. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely worth looking into. So they released uh, all the April stuff uh, this past month. So uh, definitely worth checking out in the solicitations, all the different convergence titles that will be coming out, uh, not just in March, but also in April. The April titles look very interesting as well. So uh, lots to look forward to there with convergence uh, leading into March and April. And we'll be uh, somehow figuring out who's reviewing each of those as uh, convergence comes about so uh looking forward to that uh let's get into some of the comics that we've actually read this past month and let's start with uh superman number 37 and this uh, continues on the story with ulysses uh who has captured superman and he's got him on board this big spacecraft that is taking uh, millions of people from earth to this new world uh his previous world where he's promising promising them bigger and better things but in they're actually not that at all. It's uh, the, the, the beings who live on this planet actually need to feed off these earthlings in a way that uh, allows their world to continue. Yeah, it looked like they're like a power source to have to yeah. go into some sort of an engine that, that keeps the world going. Mm -hmm. uh, what I found odd about this, and you know, people have been raving about this storyline, and it's Jeff Johns, and uh, it's, it's what we've needed all along, and I've been kind of lukewarm on it from the beginning, but the art definitely hurt it. But now I feel like in this particular chapter, the story completely uh, unraveled. And now we've just got a lunatic who doesn't care who he hurts or who he destroys or who he kills. And 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 suddenly we went from a character that had some depth and some understanding to a character who's just been lying all along, who's just a complete villain and 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 is just nuts and 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 you know a whack job, and so that kind of to me that that hurts the story from the beginning. Yeah, um, it did kind of unravel a little bit, as you say. Um, it's a bit cliche, you know, the guy who you thought was a, was the good guy is actually going to end up being a bad guy. He does redeem himself a little in that he's kind of come to his senses and and actually helps. Superman, uh, you know, uh, towards the end. Really of the quickly, though. Yeah, like, it does not a bit of a flick even, switch. Like, yeah, it's it's like uh, he's very wishy-washy. Suddenly, is like doing. It. I, I had to go back and read the page to see if I missed something because it happened so quick. I thought he was blasting him when he said, "How are you going to leave your parents there?" And then I realized that he was setting him free. And then they're out there trying to do. And then, of course, at the end, he blames Superman when it's been his fault from the beginning. So. <laughs> 
you know, it sounds like, and at one point they mentioned, they actually mentioned in the dialogue something I mentioned either last month or the month before. Why would everyone on Earth suddenly, all of a sudden, be like, well, we're just going to go on this strange ship and go to another world, even though we've lived here all our lives? And, you know, people are afraid to get on a roller coaster. Uh, these people are, you know, but they even address it in the dialogue. They say, in this episode, it's almost like they heard me. But I know I don't have anybody that listens to me, so they couldn't have taken it from me. But they say right in there, how come all of a sudden people are and, – and the whole thing is, well, Superman likes him and trusts him, so we trust him. And the people are listening to him because Superman listens to him. Mm. OK. I mean I guess – I mean I guess that gives a little more credibility to Superman. But then uh, one book we're reading, everyone in the world hates Superman, so – how much credence does even what he want or what he says or what he thinks is okay have really? Uh, I don't know. And the other thing I thought was uh, Superman always wants to save everyone and he's clearly upset by this line of thinking that Ulysses has and what's going to happen. Why doesn't he suggest that he could power it or he could use his heat vision to power it? Or He must have billions of times the energy output that a normal human would have, but that never even comes up. Yeah, I guess we're talking about billions of people uh, powering just their life force. So I don't know if Superman has, or if he even understands how that works. Um, so he, it, you know, he's he's trapped. He's you know he's trying to get away from trying to find a way to turn Ulysses around and under, make him you know change his mind and help him. He's helpless himself. So um, you know, Superman being a power source. We don't even know if that's an option, so I, I guess it's not really something that he can use as a bargaining chip. But um, the story has kind of fallen apart a little bit. Uh, it, you know, um, it, as I said, it felt a little bit cliche the way it kind of happened, yeah. and where where it ended up, where it ended up. But um, that uh, remains to be seen how it will con conclude. Uh, we wait for Superman number 38, which I see has been delayed. It was supposed to be released at the end of January and now has been pushed back to early February. So uh, we'll discuss that next month. Uh, Action Comics number 38 continues on this uh, Horrorville story where Superman with Lana and Steel is trapped in Smallville. Um, we, I don't know, I'm not, I mean, I like the horror stories and things and I, I find it's, a little bit interesting, but I'm not sure about this story. It just seems a bit weird, and just I don't, I, I don't know. I don't. It don't seem. It doesn't seem to be much substance to it at this point. Yeah, it's definitely weird, and it's it's one of those things where it's almost like the weirdness is the point, right? Uh, rather rather than there being a story or or something that's moving forward, it's almost like well, look how weird this is, mm. and you know we got everybody's parents rising from the dead and. Uh, we're not really talking to Lana, but we are, and we're in our uniform, but we're not, and we're dreaming, but we aren't, and it's very, it's, 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 it reminds me of uh, the early issues of Action Comics uh, from the New 52, where it was just very, like, heady and kind of, uh, you know, yeah, man, you know, we're all inside our headspace, man. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. It just seems very – I agree with you. You very know, uh, uh, I like the art though. I, yeah, I like that. No, it looks good. All right, well, I mean I don't really have much else to say about it because it kind of is in the middle of a story, so I don't really know where it's going yeah. to – how it's going to play out. But we'll wait and see what ends up with Action Comics number 39. 
uh, and move forward to Superman Wonder Woman number 15. Uh, and this is a bit more of an interesting story. I've always liked Magog uh, from the Kingdom Come story, and uh, he seems to be a character who has a lot of rage and a lot of animosity towards Superman for a reason. Um, his reasoning in this is unsure even to himself for a while until he actually his memories come back to him from when he was a kid. Um, but the relationship between Wonder Woman and Superman is fleshed out a little bit more in this and her trust of him. She decides that she's going to take the fight forward because she knows that he will be in the background helping the people who are the victims and the collateral damage, if you like, of Magog's actions. But at the same time, it makes her look bad. And yeah. kind of Magog uses it uh, against her and says, you know, look how they don't care. Um, clearly, Superman is trying. But uh, it's weird. You know, Superman should just super speed the people off the bridge instead of kind of just standing there helpless holding two cables uh, while Magog and, and then and then uh, Cersei's army comes through and mm. starts grabbing people. Um, if he would have just super sped them all off the bridge as the bridge was collapsing, they'd be gone and... You know, we've you know it's it's like the Flash show I talk about. We've seen him move at such great speeds. There's no reason why Superman has to stand there and just be helpless when he could just get everybody off. Mm. Uh, Who would the I, drama I don't be in that? Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess, but it would show him being heroic. Well, the, the drama and the main uh, push from this story was seeing that Wonder Woman was going to fight rather than save people, which I would think would be a sticking point later on. That's the, that will cause some breakdown in their relationship and then some idea that how can you not even care that, that these people are being killed and, and being thrown off the bridge and, mm. and being grabbed by bats when, you know, you just want to be fighting, uh, fighting uh, when you could be saving people. What's interesting about Magog, of course, is that they kept the, the, the David Reed name. Hmm. which uh, people who know or you can look it up on Wikipedia has uh, been one of his, you know, has kind of been who he was before he became Magog from the beginning. Hmm. And in a lot of different variations, this is yet another origin story for him where he's a child named David Reed. He, he was a military guy before. Uh, so it's very different, but it still ends up being the same character, but in a very different way. So, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, moving on to Batman Superman number 18. Now, I like this one. Um, this whole Superman's Joker story is really fascinating. It starts off really poignantly with this the funeral of this man who you know dressed up in the Superman costume for the kids' hospitals and was one of the victims of this, this villain. Um, and... The whole point of you know finding out who might be next and Superman trying to you know figure it all out and getting very angry and frustrated and Batman having a plan to use Lois Lane but it ends up being Batman himself who is the next victim because he's the one that Superman really relies on and talks to and confides in and you know is uh, someone that he cares about and um, I don't think Batman even saw that coming and I didn't see coming the bullet if you like. Uh, who, what it was, who it was, how, how these Kandorians fit into it. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on there, and and I certainly didn't realize that Batman was going to be the one to get shot. I, I did, I did find it odd that he recovered so quickly. Um, he took a bullet to the to the chest, the heart area, the chestal region, 
uh, and there was blood everywhere. He was dying. He was super weak. Uh, they took it out of him. On the very next page, he's standing there telling Palmer to shut up because Palmer's saying too much about, you know, uh, uh, why Candor people hate somebody. Um, it just seemed odd, and I know that's that that the Batman's the be all end all, but uh, he took a bullet to the heart area and is okay that quickly. You know, I don't expect him to die. <laughs> Although he would if if he was anybody else, uh, but as he says earlier in one of the I don't know if it was this chapter or another, I'm Batman. When someone says, "How are you gonna?" Um, I actually thought that was funny because I thought that they were purposely doing that because that's the kind of internet joke that goes yeah. around, you know. Um, but I thought I did it did kind of bother me a little bit that a bullet to the chest of a guy who was clearly heavily injured didn't seem to matter two panels later. Mm. Uh, but I do like the way the relationship goes in this. I like that Batman really trusts Superman. I like that Batman, that Superman trusts him. I like that at first I thought he was hiding this whole thing from Superman, that I realized that it was all part of the plan and he wanted Superman to realize it and it wasn't going to be like, well, I did this because it had to be done and you won't do things that have to be done. And in a lot of different stories, that's the way they take Batman. Mm. And I like the way that they work together. And, and it's more like a, you know, a, a collaborative effort on this. It's Batman and Superman in a book doing things together. Even though Superman didn't know about it right away, it wasn't something he was intending to hide from him. It wasn't like, no. you know, a, a Batman devious thing where he was doing it because no one else would. Uh, I did think it was odd that he didn't offer himself. And that was weird because when I was reading it, I said, Batman's not invulnerable and Batman's very close to Superman. Why would he go to Lois, who's an innocent in all this and has nothing to do with it and doesn't even have any connection to Superman? Why would he go out there and recruit her when he knows it's going to piss Superman off and put someone else's life in danger when he could just put himself out there? He's not protected. They went through the whole story of saying, how all the superpowered people are protecting other people mm. and how the friends that are superpowered people are already protected because they're superpowered. Batman doesn't even wear armor, so he could easily take a shot to the chest. He could have set himself up, and that could have been the whole plan to begin with. So I don't know if this was just a way to bring Lois into the story or what it was, but I thought it was a little strange that he didn't just say, well, you know, I'll be, I'll go out. No one's protecting me. Mm, exactly. So, uh, very interesting into the story uh, makes it uh, a very um, long wait for the next month's chapter to see how that plays out and bringing in the Candorians is uh, a, a very interesting concept and we'll have to uh, wait and see what their beef is with Superman and why and how and you know just the whole thing it's kind of taken another turn so very interesting to see where this story continues on from this point forward. Now we move on to Supergirl number 38, and this continues on Supergirl's um, adventures with the Crucible Academy. Uh, they've gone off-world uh, to help one of their fellow, I guess, classmates uh, on his home planet, which his brother has taken over and, you know, kicked out his parents who were the ruling uh, party there, and... Uh, then they get sent to, back to Earth where uh, they come in contact with... The, well, she finds out that Con, Superboy, is still alive and he's actually really intertwined with this whole story. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
each month I talk about how I really haven't enjoyed Supergirl. And for some reason, this uh, story actually worked for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I cool. was reading it and I was enjoying it. I, I think that Superboy being involved might finally turn this title around, which is kind of sad to say since it's Supergirl's title mm-hmm. and Superboy couldn't carry his own title. But um, I didn't like that title either. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, that one ended up being canceled. But uh, uh, did you notice on the first page, uh, Khan's logo is like Weed. cut off? It's like it has like the top half, but no, it doesn't finish. It's like, and I'm like, well, what is going on with that thing there? But uh, <laughs> I wondered if the Maxima character is being foreshadowed into becoming the the one that we know uh, at the beginning when I was reading it, the panels as they're describing why people were kicked out of the school, the one describing that, that they wouldn't follow the rules has Maxima punching one of them, but it, with the, with the caption on there saying unable to follow crucibles rules or whatever. So I, I was kind of wondering if that was going to be the way uh, they might end up turning her into the more like the Maxima that we're more familiar with. Mm, yeah, it's uh, interesting because I've used the name Maxima, so you're expecting the character to be similar or to have a you know some kind of correlation with the Maxima that uh, we uh, were introduced to originally when the character was introduced. Uh, looking at the 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 symbols on the chest, they're all over the place for Superboy and Supergirl. Um, even later on, when the fight's going on, uh, and Supergirl yells out, "Let him go!" Uh, her symbol on her chest is. It doesn't even. There's nothing like it. <laughs> it's weird, and I was thinking about that today too. Earlier, I don't know if we talked about this before, but why is Supergirl's L family crest so different? Yeah, you know, shouldn't the crest be the same? Um, I, I think it was I, I because her costume was like a. Um, it wasn't. It was a. What was it like a? Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you... Is that some kind of just graduation, like yeah, a dress-up kind that's of right. uh, ceremonial type yes, thing? Yes, exactly. Uh, see, we talked this out and we figured, we things, figured out things out together. You know, why didn't uh, Vax just use that neutralizing power right away? Like, they waited until the battle kind of went on and people got hurt and people were dying and then he goes, this has gone on long enough, use your power, and suddenly no one can do anything. Wouldn't you just like if you had that power, yeah. you were gonna go into battle. Wouldn't you just use that as soon as you showed up? Like, wouldn't that be your opening move? Like, I win. <laughs> it's just I don't know why you would wait until. I guess that's why villains aren't the smartest people in the world. But are they villains? We see Kara, of course, doubting where she's come mm, from. Do I true. even know who Crucible is? And maybe they have a point. But on the other hand, they're exploding people's heads yeah. and 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 shooting knives through people's throats. So I don't know who's good. I, I you know you say good guys, bad guys. Yeah. It's... Who the hell knows what's going on? But for some reason, I I was more interested in this story than I have been. Yeah. Recently. No. Well, it's kind of thrown us a little bit of a a curveball with the introduction of Con and or the reintroduction of. Connell and um, how he's going to be involved. So uh, it's a different storyline than what we've seen with Supergirl lately. And as you said, the story the story uh, stories so far haven't really carried this book to any great heights. So uh, something new, something different, uh, a different change, a different angle. Uh, it's always good. Ref- uh, freshens up the the book. 
Yeah, I guess so. So, and it'll be interesting to see where you know what Khan's deal is. You know, everyone thinks he's dead. He says it himself, and, and yeah. you know that counts for us too. So, exactly. But where, where is? How is he there? And what's the deal? Yeah. Well, well let's hope we find out. Uh, all right. So we'll move on to Justice League number thirty-eight, and this carries on the uh, Amazo virus story. Uh, it's chapter three, called the Secret. And uh, Batman's infected. He uh, exhibits some powers of his own and kind of surmises how these, uh, the Amazovirus affects non metahumans um, like himself. And uh, obviously, Lex is uh, heavily involved and is having, I guess, a, a crisis of conscience, uh, especially with the sister involved and how things have developed. And uh, it's. Uh, uh, this is it's an intriguing story there's a bit of a mystery and i think a lot of the stories that we've liked so far as we've talked about in this podcast are the ones that are throwing us a bit of a, a, a you know a bit of a curveball a bit of something different something that we're not actually sure of um you know keeping us guessing well i like that we find out in this and i think it was called the secret um that that lex and i, I guess you could kind of surmise that yourself when you're reading it but that lex designed this in order to remove the powers from superman which totally makes sense uh when you read the story and you see that the purpose of it was supposed to remove metahuman powers uh but actually that stems back to it was supposed to remove superman's powers mm. and that would be a way that lex luthor could finally uh, i guess defeat his greatest enemy. And I mean, I still haven't seen in, in the new 52, why they're really enemies or what their actual deal is. Something happened with the scarring on his face and they, they never really went into that, that you know, but, uh, he, he hates him. And, uh, it was kind of neat to find that out at the same time as Superman did. And, and it was also shocking at the same time, even though we know he's this evil guy. We also know that he's not really out to destroy the human race. If anything, he's there to make sure that the human race reaches the heights that he thinks it should reach. Mm -hmm. So he's arrogant and he's evil, but he certainly, I totally believe him when he says he had no intention of uh, poisoning the populace. Um, he's not He's not one of these villains that kills people, Willie. I mean, he'll kill people if they get in his way, but he's yeah. not going around uh, poisoning people with viruses. I noticed that Jim Lee, uh, at least in this book, is drawing Superman with the spit curl, and that's not something that I remember seeing before. Is that going? Yeah. Is that always going on in no, Justice it's League? It's always been there as far as I know. Um, so, I mean, that seems to be Jim Lee's style. I'm kind of looking around at some of the Jim Lee artwork that I've got, and well, it's because since the new 52, yeah. they did that weird Harry Potter haircut, and he didn't, right. he doesn't yeah. have the wavy... No. Uh, and spit curl anymore, but yeah. uh, that's the first time I took notice of it, which is weird because you think, well, this is a lot, you know, this is well, a line. Well, it's not Jim Lee. Decision. That's there you go. It's not Jim Lee as the artist. It's Jason Fabok. Oh, I thought that was a Jim Lee uh, a book. I guess he moved on already. All right. Yeah, well, I was going to say you'd think it would be a uh, down the line that they would say he either has it or he doesn't, and he doesn't have it sometimes, and then that'd be like putting the red pants on him mm. and having it in his pre-suit pre-52 suit in one book because a different artist is drawing them. He, you know, generally they look the same way. And a lot of people were upset that the, that the look changed and that the spit curl was gone and, and that he looked different. And, uh, I, I, it threw me out for a minute because I said, Hey, hey the spit curl. And I, I didn't know if that was something that was coming back or if it had, mm. if I missed it somehow, different but, artists. uh, I, yeah. uh, captain, uh, cold seems to address, uh, 
the 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 cold field that that happened on uh, uh, Flash last week. I was talking about. Mm-hmm. He says he, he fires his weapon and it, it's able to. Uh, slow your bullet down to a point where it's almost frozen. Mm. Uh, but that only works if you can pull the trigger before Maybe. somebody faster than <laughs> you can get there. So I don't understand how he, you know, bullet comes in and shoots. I don't understand how he was able to freeze Lex Luthor's head before the bullet hit. Like once you, that means he's faster than a bullet. He's able to pull his trigger faster than a bullet is able to travel from a gun into someone's head. And I just don't, I don't see how that could be. I don't be. buy that either. Mm. But anyway, I enjoyed the story, and I do like. Uh, it's neat that this is Jeff. Uh, is this Jeff Johns, or am I wrong? Yeah, again? no, it's Jeff Johns. Okay, uh, I didn't want to go out there on a limb and say it was <laughs> another artist, and I'd be wrong. But it's it's neat that Jeff Johns is the writer here, <clears throat> and uh, on Arrow, which is really fresh in my mind because I watched the first two seasons really close together and just mm-hmm. got caught up. Mm-hmm. They do the Amazo thing with uh, Ivo, oh. and uh, they even mention him here that he was the original creator of the Amazo android. But the virus on on Arrow, which is I guess based in more reality than a lot of fantasy stuff, is Ivo. Mm. And it's interesting that Johns, who is kind of one of the I think is one of the uh, one of the forces running the Flash show, is doing Amazo on Justice League here. And it was done on Arrow, the other show that's kind of a sister show to Flash, and it's uh, such a different kind of a thing. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. So uh, that is where we're at with the comic books, and a uh, lot to look forward to, a lot of uh, different uh, storylines going on that are still intriguing and still very interesting. So we'll um, keep uh, discussing those in future podcasts. Uh, before we move into the big questions segment, um, there was a very a serious story that came across our desks uh, this past month and a number of people have died because of these ecstasy tablets that are designed in the shape of the Superman S-Shield. Um, the police are on top of it. I believe they've caught the people who are responsible. But the, the drugs are still circulating out there, especially in the UK. So um, it's not something we like to see, the Superman symbol used in that negative way. And you know we you know implore people to... Uh, be careful and, and, you know, think seriously about what you're putting in your mouth and uh, in your body. Uh, just because of the Superman symbol or whatever doesn't mean it's something that's going to be good for you. Yeah, so I don't understand these. I don't understand it. I mean, I know people want to use drugs and I know people want to sell drugs, but uh, this is the first time I remember it being linked to anything, any specific logo or figure. Uh, and and it's, a, it's, it's disheartening to see, but uh, it's good that... Uh, as you say, the police seem to have the people who are responsible. So Yeah, I know they've used the Batman symbol before and the Superman symbol's been used as well. So it's a shame that these things are, you know, they're trying to capture, I don't know, young people, kids or whoever, whatever, and, and make it seem like fun. And, and you know, these drugs are never, uh, I mean, even when they're pure and, and, and made properly in inverted commas, they're not good for you, but especially when they're done by uh, people who, um, you know, using... Um, ridiculous substances and things like that that can kill you. Um, it's definitely something to stay away from. So just a, uh, I guess a PSA if you like here on Radio KAL. Say no to drugs, kids. Exactly. Exactly. Let's start with the big question. 
All right, let's move into our big question segment of the show. Last month's big question was, what was the highlight of 2014 for you, and what are you looking forward to most in 2015? Mm, and our first response is from John F. He says, I'm looking forward to the Convergence series first and foremost. We will be getting a Superman that looks to be the original before the Flashpoint and New 52, but we will also be getting a lot of old DCU heroes back, if only for a short time, but hopefully not. More movie news and the new TV-related Superman shows and hope to 2015, we'll see a new animated show since it's been forever since there's been a Superman cartoon. Finally, anything Superman games, movies, animated and live action, comics, and he goes on and on. Uh, so it sounds like he's looking forward to everything Superman related <laughs> and also other DCU heroes too. Yeah, anything and everything Superman related. Uh, good, good answer there. John Hector writes in, he says, the end of Smallville season 11. I'm going to miss it. In 2015, hopefully more news on the new TV show they are going to make and one more year till Batman v Superman. Yeah, a lot of people are going to miss the Smallville Season 11 comic book. Um, it's been done for me for a while because I was reading it digitally, but people who are still getting the print editions, I believe there are a few more to go. So um, that's what he's going to miss. But yeah, Batman v Superman next year. Looking forward to that, obviously. Yeah, I don't know what the ratings ended up being for that. I don't always track exactly how they are, but uh, my understanding was it was selling really, really well, so I'm surprised they wanted it to come to an end. Um, I kind of hope that we'll see in a year or two a uh, season 12 or uh, a continuation in some way with yeah. maybe a different artist. Who, you know, the guy might have wanted to move on, Brian Q. Miller or yeah, whatever, but he... uh, you know, maybe they can bring it back with someone else. Yeah, he had it uh, planned as a, as a series, so he finished it the way he wanted to, but like I said, maybe somebody else can come on board and continue on. Donovan Hunter wrote, Hey, Stephen Scotty, the highlight of 2014 for me are you guys. Woo. Oh, wow, that's a very nice thing nice. to say. I discovered the monthly podcast and the weekly speeding bulletins and Radio KAL live shows all back in 2013, and I've been hooked on you guys ever since. I even went back and listened to all the monthly podcasts of 2013. What I'm looking forward to the most in 2015 is the BVS teaser. I can't wait to see how this film is going to look. Thanks for all the important work you do. P.S. What are your thoughts on Super? Superman for tomorrow. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Superman for tomorrow, to be honest. Um, it kind of, uh, it's been a while since I've read it, but it, uh, some thing in the back of my mind tells me I, I don't didn't really enjoy it 100. percent Do you remember it yourself? Uh, was that uh, Azarello and, yeah. and Jim Lee? Um, it uh, that was wasn't that the first big uh, thing for DC Jim Lee got involved with, or that was when everyone was excited that he was going to be coming on board. Uh, this is back in two thousand and uh, was it two thousand four two thousand five. Uh, I think it was a big thing, like oh we're getting Jim Lee and it's going to be great. And, yeah. Uh, I thought that the artwork was fantastic, as I always do. Yeah, with Jim Lee. But yeah. but I I uh, yeah the story left me uh, a bit kind of going uh, okay. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly how it played out, but I do think it's important to remember how you felt reading it and finishing it and nothing. It didn't really stick with me in any way for no. me to say it was really great. So it uh, doesn't mean you won't like it, uh, Donovan, and the art's definitely worth looking at, but it was kind of a meh. Meh, meh, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. Brandon Whitmore wrote in and he says, uh, insti insignificant as it may sound, getting a small-scale Chris Reeve figure from Mattel in 2014 was a major highlight. After all this time, not only seeing Superman merchandise, but seeing merchandise directly related to so to how so many Superman fans my age were introduced to the character, sitting on major retail shelves, was amazing. 
As for 2015, reservations aside, I'm looking forward to the definite constant updates on Batman v Superman news and, of course, the 2015 Superman celebration. Yeah, should be good. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, I'd like to get to that again at some point. I just don't know when it's going to be the okay. uh, Superman celebration. It's a great time. Patrick O'Neill wrote, The highlight for me in 2014 was the Superman celebration. Hey, look at that. The Superman celebration, I always have a great time there. Outside of that, I didn't think 2014 was a great Superman year. In 2015, I'm looking forward to seeing a trailer for Batman v Superman. I'm also very excited to see the new Supergirl and Krypton TV series. Love the show and keep up the good work. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, yeah, the celebration getting another mention there. Uh, Guthrie McLean writes in and he says, uh, there weren't too many highlights for me this year as no Superman film has been out. My highlight this year were seeing the new Superman suit for Batman v Superman in the bright colours, even though the final cut may look darker, so I'm not sure. Also, seeing the set pics of Supes and Lois in Chicago and the Ice Bucket Challenge with Henry and Amy, most important highlight of all, DC movie announcements including Justice League and possible solo Superman movie. I'm looking forward to pics, trailers, more info about Batman v Superman and more Radio KAL. Well, thank you, Guthrie. Thank you indeed. Uh, so our new big question for next month will be, was the rumor about Batman v Superman being split into two movies something you would have liked to have been true? Why and uh, why not, if not? Yes, yeah, so uh, that whole rumor about the movie being split into two, one being in the October 2015 and the second part being still March of 2016. We know it's not true, it's not happening, but uh, if it had been true, why? what was your opinion on that? Well, why did you like the idea or why didn't you like the idea? So let us know what your thoughts are on that Batman v Superman rumour in this Big Question segment of the show. And you can get involved by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Radio KAL webpage or, and we'll read out those answers in, for, if you send them in as an email. Or if you want to record your own audio answer, we'll be happy to play that here on our podcast. I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing! I think it's time for our Superman comedy sketch. What would you find for us all to enjoy this month, Steve? Well, um, I've got to say a huge thank you to, um, to Patrick Aslan who uh, helps me find some of these comedy sketches uh, from time to time and he's usually recommending ones to me and he uh, found this one for us from G4TV's Attack of the Show and it's a comedy sketch uh, it's not necessarily directly Superman related it's got Power Girl who is obviously also Kara uh, Power Girl shares her thoughts on Kevin Bacon oh. <laughs> The Continuing Adventures of Power Girl. Episode number 12. Power Girl is pretty sure Kevin Bacon is made of actual bacon. Well, Kevin Bacon is a really good dancer. I guess. I can't say that I approve of playing chicken with tractors, though. Oh, my God. It's a movie. I just want to know how he keeps from rotting. What do you, what do you mean? Kevin Bacon. I mean, any other person made of bacon would have totally gone rancid by now. Or at least he would have been covered in flies. I mean, what is he, like 50? Uh, Power Girl, bacon is just his last name. He's not actually made of bacon. No, oh, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Okay, take Clayface, made of clay, right? And Flash has a villain made of tar. 
Explain the metal men. What about the metal men? Wow, that's a Justice League emergency alarm. Mm. Aquaman, let's go. We might need to talk to a crab or something. What about me? I want to come. I have superpowers. Yeah, you also have a super hole in your costume. It's bad for Green Lantern. He loses focus. You're such an old maid. Up, up, and away. Okay, that's cool. Don't worry about me. I'll, I'll just walk to the emergency. So there you have it. Uh, mm. Yeah, bit of a ditty super power <laughs> girl there. <laughs> Anything with bacon, though, has got to be good. Oh, so definitely, definitely got to love your bacon. Uh, but not necessarily Kevin Bacon, but anyway. Not necessarily. Unless he's dancing, then <laughs> you can't go wrong, really. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency of and that's you. And it's super secret sound by time. Last month's sound came from the Justice League animated episode titled Comfort and Joy. Steve, how about we hear that uh, one more time? <laughs> this little guy was crazy for Christmas. We used to wrap his presents in lead foil so he couldn't peek. Yeah, there it is. And uh, it uh, was correctly guessed by six people. And they were David Huang, Fred Walsh, Jeremy Crawford, Hector, Donovan Hunter, and Patrick O'Neill. Congratulations to those six people. Yes, good job. Now, and what's our new secret soundbite yes, this time? Let's hear it right now. Now, wouldn't that beat all get out? Well, if you think you know where in the world that where in the world of Superman that sound came from, then use the super secret soundbite entry form found at our website and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on Radio KAL and will win the admiration of fans everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. You should hear them. They're cheering your name already, <laughs> chanting. We've got a Superman song again this month. Yes, our Superman song this month comes uh, from Los Lonely Boys, who uh, have a song titled Superman, and it's from their 2008 album Forgiven, and you can check them out on loslonelyboys.com, and uh, here they are with their song Superman. <laughs> my best right here why she wants me I ask myself I know I'm not the best looking guy around oh does she love me well I guess so cause she always says I'm a hero Superman 
that's the song and that is our show it's been a nice lengthy one again this month for you guys um remember if there is anything superman related you think we need to be tackling on this podcast then please send your suggestions to us uh, if there's a song you'd like to request, maybe you've got a comedy sketch that you think we should be playing. Uh, maybe there's a, uh, a topic that we're not discussing, a big question you'd like us to pose to the fans, all those kinds of ideas. Anything about our show that you want to give us feedback on, we're happy to hear from you. You can uh, send our uh, send an email using the feedback form found at the website, or you can send us an email. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. Or you can contact Scotty. His is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. And we'll be only too happy to entertain your ideas here on the show. Well, Scotty, it's uh, been another good one. Uh, our first for 2015. Uh, thank you for your input. Absolutely. We've started the year well, and there was a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So you got uh, a ton of stuff we hope you guys enjoyed. And remember... Everyone has read a copy of the Batman v Superman script, except for me. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.